Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Happy Football Thursday from Wesson Walker. You're listening to Sports it's Radio. That time. 92.7 WFNZ. We appreciate you sharing your time with us. We'll be with you from 12 to 3 p.m. The NFL is finally here. It's my favorite. It's a lot of people's favorite. We got Kansas City, Detroit in action tonight to kick off the NFL season. And, of course, this weekend, we've been talking about it all week. We've been talking about it all offseason. Carolina will kick off their season against division foe Atlanta. We want to hear your thoughts on this football Thursday, 704-570-9610. Any thoughts you got, go ahead and send them our way, 704-570-9610. How excited are we that we're finally here? Maybe not local football, not Carolina football in the NFL, but we do get the National Football League in some capacity tonight. I mean, this is full circle now. You got your college. You're already excited about that. Now you get your pro football, and it's going to be like this until February. You can't beat it. This is what we all wait for all year long. I mean, what would life be like if we had no football season? Just imagine how drab life would be with no football season to look forward to. Probably be doing a different job. Probably so. (laughs) Uh, life, Life would not be here with you guys. And that would suck because I like talking sports with both of you and doing that here on WFNZ. So let's do it a little bit more so with the bus driver pulling up to the scene. Go ahead, Fiddy, open up the doors. Let's get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! on the text line three kings are you ready for some football we certainly are are, sir we're really excited but a couple of things to note here with this chiefs lions game we talked about it a little bit yesterday you do want to see the stars and i don't know if chris jones is going to play does it look like he's going to play without a deal i know somebody who is going to play travis kelsey you think so no well we know nick bose is going to play that's right nick bose agreed to the record deal (laughs) uh i we will get to that in very very quickly we will get to that in just a moment but with this kansas city and detroit game tonight does it take a little away from you if travis kelsey doesn't play because you want to see the stars or do you think this actually makes it more competitive Yeah, it takes it away man i mean i guess the way you can rework it in your mind is to say you want to see what Mahomes can do because I can't think of many times we've seen him if at all without Travis Kelsey in that offense and then you talk about Chris Jones uh, also going to be missing from that defense the heart and soul of that defense because Kansas City really outside of Chris Jones they're not a lot of name guys on that defense that you think about when you talk about top defenders so I think that will add some intrigue because most of the time we've seen with Kansas City, get rid of Tyreek Hill, they keep on rolling. Get rid of this guy and that guy, they keep rolling. So we'll see if they can keep rolling without these two tonight. It would be amazing to see Pat Mahomes pull this off. Right. Because Detroit is a good team. People are ready exactly. for them to break out. And if Pat Mahomes wins with Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony. Whoever as your top target and on the defensive side, Chris Jones to lose what could be the best defensive player in all of football now, even if you still want to give the reign over the last 10 years to Aaron Donald. It's everything is on Mahomes. Everything is. And, you know, to be fair, Andy Reid, pretty good head coach. So we'll give him some credit as well. No Eric Bieniemy. 
No Eric B. Enemy as well. People try to say it's all Andy Reid, but that's another element to tonight as well. You mentioned not seeing Travis Kelsey out there in quite some time. Bill Barnwell tweeted out yesterday, Travis Kelsey has not missed a game due to injury since 2013. That's what I'm saying. Like, this guy never misses games. Like, you don't want to see guys get hurt. You don't root for them to get hurt. But it's like with the Chiefs players, sometimes you feel like you're getting a little bit of relief when somebody goes out of the game or goes down for just that game. And they never do. They come back. Mahomes doesn't matter. That's he right. comes back. Kelsey doesn't matter. He comes back. So it's going to be interesting to see. Huh. Still questionable. Uh, looks like there is a bone bruise that's reported. Um, we'll see if he ends up playing or not in this game against the Lions. They were saying doesn't. if they leave the door open for him to play that they feel like there's no question he will. You still have to be careful. You don't want that guy to be hurt no doubt. significantly down the road. So Kansas City, Detroit, we'll give you a recap tomorrow. And, of course, still give you the ultimate preview of the Carolina Panthers game against the Falcons, even if that preview doesn't include Brian Burns. Brian Burns could be sitting out. It's been a wild saga, but we got a significant domino to fall yesterday to leave the door open. For Brian Burns to play, and even if it was already open, I, I don't know. I was befuddled yesterday. I was blubbering on air trying to figure out exactly what was going to happen. But we saw Nick Bosa and San Francisco came to terms on a deal. $34 million a year. Ah! Highest paid defensive player in the NFL. It got done, Wes. So San Francisco is going to have their star edge rusher on the field. It's happening. Carolina and Brian Burns after that, so far, 12.05 on a Thursday before the season opener. They have not come to terms on a deal yet. What does this mean for Brian Burns, the fact that Nick Bosa did sign the richest defensive player deal in the NFL yesterday? It means that Brian Burns is going to get 30 M's minimum. That's what that means. His agent... We're just waiting to see what Nikki B was going to get, a.k.a. the small bear. And he got the $34 million, so he won't get close to that. But a three is definitely going to be in front of his annual average. I know people don't want to see it. They don't want to hear about it. Whether you feel like he's worth it or not is not what you think he is worth. It's what the market dictates. And this man is a young pass rusher. If you felt like he wasn't worth the money, the Panthers would have traded him for the first-round picks they got offered a while ago. So they're going to have to come up off of that Skrilla. I don't think it's inevitable that he makes $30 million. And if you think it's minimum, but also not close to Nick Bosa, you feel pretty solidly. There's not a lot of wiggle It'll be room 30, 31, 30 and a half, somewhere in there. The, the thing is, Nick Bosa's contract yesterday shouldn't have changed anything. Because I'm not surprised that Nick Bosa got 34. I think if we go back yesterday, I literally told you that exact figure. Yeah, I think Nick Bosa would make 34 annually. Yeah, when we looked up the number before, the projections were like 33.5, something like that. So why does this, honest, yes, the domino fell. Officially, I get it. But as far as the scenarios you should have been prepared for, this shouldn't change a thing. We all knew that this was very possible and even likely that Nick Bosa could be seeing $34 million a year, and you can get into the weeds, really, with any league contract, NFL, NBA, you get the idea. But when you're talking about 34 annual, that much money to Nick Bosa, we all knew it was going to happen. So I don't know if that inevitably means 30. I wouldn't be surprised now. Maybe you just want to agree to that mark and Brian Burns could hold firm. I want a three in front of it. Maybe a little ego stroking. 
we don't have to get to 31, 32, but I need the three. I need the 30 million annually, and I'll be set for the next five years until I'm ready for that other contract that I'm going to have to agree to. But I also think it's very possible that you get to 28 million, which would leave you as the second highest paid edge rusher in all of the NFL. It would leave you tied with T.J. Watt if you're 28 mil a year. It would have to be the second richest ever, I would think, if he gets the 30. Well, for average. edge rusher, I'm talking about defense because Nick's. I mean, uh, Aaron Nick Donald is, the, is 31 and a half. So that's right. That's right. That's so, right. I'm so sorry. if you're if you're going edge rusher, yes, yes, because every it's the same thing with QBs. Whatever contract you agree to nowadays, most likely it's going to set the market. I mean, we've done this year after year after year with every position, such as the market going up and up and up at every single spot, but. I think Brian Burns, especially if you think that it's true what David Newton was reporting yesterday, that Burns and his camp were seeking 27 to 28 million, then if the Panthers come up to that, then they say, hey, all right, we'll give it to you. This is it. Burns could say the whole Lamar Jackson line, yesterday's price is not today's price. Sure. I do wonder if that is the case, but also it would make sense. You're talking about what does the market dictate? I'm not sure that Nick Bosa agreeing to $34 million a year dictates that now Brian Burns 100% set your watch to it is going to make 30 because the market would say Burns could get paid as the second highest paid edge rusher in all of the NFL. And I still think that would be a reasonable outcome. It's all about what Burns is going to be willing to quote unquote, big time quote, quote unquote, settle for. Just like they said, Nick Bosa has all the leverage. Brian Burns has all the leverage. If he does not get what he wants, he could just ask for a trade because they said with Nick Bosa's deal that there were 27 to 28 teams that would have paid him the same thing. Brian Burns is in the same boat. He's got plenty of suitors if he were to be traded that would give him that deal he wants with the three in front of it. So, you're, you're, you're a lot more confident yes, in 30 no for another question. team. With, Sports has taught us that several times. Well, well yeah, but Nick, Nick Bosa is the best i get it i get all that i get that so so if i mean at what point then should he just ask for 35 i mean (laughs) no but you get the idea like no i get what you're saying because at some point at some point we have to get to a stopping point and you know what There, there could be somebody that he's worth that to so brian burns has to decide okay maybe a team with a lot of cap space which is usually bad A lot of bad teams might have some cap space with Mm -hmm. quarterbacks either on a rookie deal that aren't ready to compete yet, like Carolina. You could go to Houston. They might give you that money. Chicago. You could go to Chicago. They might be, but Justin Fields is going to be coming up. And so Chicago's going to be in the same boat, by the way. Plus, they just spent a whole bunch of money in free agency getting some linebackers. And they still have a lot, if I'm not mistaken. But they're also, we're going to see about Justin Fields. Now, if you don't want to bet on Justin Fields making a ton of money, then that would be interesting. But they did everything they could to set themselves up for Justin to take the baton and be the franchise QB. Regardless, uh, for me, I don't think it's inevitable. We were trying to figure out other cases as to what Brian Burns has been doing here, Wes, because it has been wild, right? Like, we were trying to figure out, okay, if you were sitting out, if now you're threatening to sit out of the game, then why are you showing up to practice but not really practicing? You had been practicing the whole time. You had been attending training camp. You have been participating in drills. So why are we doing this a little over a week away from the game? There is something similar to this. If you go back and look at T.J. Watt's situation in 2021, Brooke Pryor was talking about this on the Ovius and Gilio podcast mm-hmm. on YouTube. She was saying T.J. Watt had a hold in, if you will. 
He was attending training camp. He was attending practice, but he wasn't participating in drills. Yet, it did seem like both those two sides were going to agree to a deal, and it was just a matter of time. It didn't get what... I don't know how contentious it is right now. It's certainly a little more wild than we originally thought, but we do have at least some example of it. But Wes, TJ Watt also had a case as the best player at his position. We are talking about a defensive player of the year. We can go back to last year with Bradley Chubb, which is somewhat similar to Burns. I think Burns is a better pass rusher. Bradley Chubb got a lot of money, but he still wasn't top five at that position when he got his 22 annually. So even if Bradley Chubb, a guy that had one season with double-digit sacks, just like Brian Burns, and then goes to the goes to the Dolphins in that trade, and then that's how they're able to agree to a deal. I just wonder if there's some kind of meeting point there. He is still 25. I expect it to be 28 to 30 mil. That's eventually what I expect him to yeah, do. And to. I mean, if you're Brian Burns, yeah, he might only have one double-digit sack season, but it's we know the NFL as much as any league is all about what have you done for me lately. I'm walking into the negotiating room saying I had 17 tackles for loss and 12 and a half sacks. That is very, very, very valuable around the NFL. And as I said, if the Panthers do not give him what he wants, he can ask to be traded. I'm looking at 2024 salary cap projections right now, and I can list off a litany of teams that will go out and give him what it is that he's asking for. Okay, you want to start at the top, the Chicago Bears. They would give it to him. They're projected to have $96 in cap space uh, next season. You talk about the New England Patriots, even though Belichick, uh, you know, they would value him a lot because New England loves their defense. Maybe they pay him that much. Houston, Tennessee would pay him that. Washington would pay him that. Colts would pay him that. Washington Cardinals would pay him that. Yeah, okay. So what I heard a lot, though, Wes, are a lot of teams that aren't contending that Brian Burns would not get them over the hump. And I heard a couple of teams in there that has still have to take care of their own. No like, doubt. I just don't think it's a foregone conclusion. I'm with you. I'm not going to be surprised at all if you get to 30. But to say, all right, now it's easy. Now Brian Burns is going to ask for a trade. Now Brian Burns can do whatever he wants, even drive it up a little bit closer to Nick Bosa. I still think it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Because when guys get the bag, man, it's like, yeah, fans like the you would like to think they, they care all about winning and doing all that stuff, man. But when it comes down to that bag. True. That kind of goes true. out the window. Well, well true. <laughs> but Burns has done a lot of losing here. He has. I would think he's tired of it. If he you, has, you know, but $30 million and make me not so tired of maybe, it. Maybe. Maybe. And that, that'll be interesting to see exactly what happens. <laughs> maybe he would ask for a trade, and then these other teams that would be willing to do it, they'd pony up and give him that $30 mil annually. It's Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We'll continue to talk about Brian Burns. We'll also go ahead and get to some football action, what's going to take place on Sunday between the Panthers and the Falcons. Still a lot more to get to wesson walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz life is full of things to manage your work your family your plans and your treatment consider kesimpta ofatumumab 20 milligram injection you can take it yourself from the comfort of home if you're ready for something different ask your healthcare provider about kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com brought to you by novartis pharmaceuticals corporation We got varying text on the text line, Mr. West Bryant. Uh-huh. A lot of people are with the Brian Burns talk. 
people are saying you shouldn't be the GM. I got news for you. I shouldn't be the GM either. <laughs> I <wouldn't, laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, PJ would have had $25 million if I was GM of the Charlotte Hornets, okay? <laughs> this is how it works. We get on our high horses and we want to talk about, yeah, give them 35 mil. Give PJ Washington 22 right. a year. No, it's just it's just how it goes. Some people do want to pay him that, though. Yeah, and it's like people think that I'm saying that by all means he should get it, he deserves it, this, that, and the third. I just go off what I see in sports, man. It's always about what time you hit the market. Brian Burns is hitting the market at an opportune time where it's being reset. I'm not saying personally if I was the GM – I would give it to him. I'm just saying, based off what Nick Bosa got, Brian Burns has the leverage with his age, with his production, all of those things, to be able to, if he really, really wanted to play hardball, he could sit out and get what it is that he's looking for. How many athletes do we see in so many sports that do this? They sit out or they do whatever it is they need to do to get what they want. The man can get 30 because he can get it from other teams. And then I see all these other GMs on here telling me what their team wouldn't do because they got this, this, that, and the third. We're all GMs. Right. We're all GMs. Yeah, I, I love it. it. I love it. But but we also see the reverse of that, though, mm-hmm. which I, we have to consider. When we have other players say they're going to ask for a trade and then they don't get that money and then they just end up sticking with the team that they asked to trade from, we see that a lot. We see that a lot in football, and it's unfortunate because I want these players to get paid. Because they cave, they don't got no money. Well, yeah, in a lot of situations, especially with running back. <laughs> we're seeing that a lot with running back, especially. Mm-hmm. What Brian Burns does have working for him is that he is playing a position of extremely high value. Advanced stats, traditionalists, it doesn't matter. There is a middle of the Venn diagram there. They come together and recognize that position, that position matters. And so you're going to have to pay him as much as really anybody outside of QB and even as much as some of the mid-level QBs because we know how much quarterback money is these days. I, yeah, I, for me, this is something that I was talking about with Colin as he was leaving the studio. If this doesn't get done and Brian Burns misses Atlanta – then there's a big old problem with what's going on over there because this was all easy to predict. This is my thing, Wes. This is my biggest problem with it. Cause I was trying to sit on it yesterday. Like, mm-hmm. all right, what, how did we get here? Yeah. How did this continue to move on? Mm-hmm. You know, Nick Bosa is going to be seeking a deal this off season. You know, Nick Bosa is going to get at least $30 million. Conservatively, you would have had him getting three Oh, 30 million annually. Carolina knows that. They turned down big time draft capital at a time if they wanted to, where they could have hit the reset button. They could have done that. They traded Christian McCaffrey. They traded Robbie Anderson. People were saying, is this rebuild? It was never a true rebuild because they had already been talking about trading Christian McCaffrey. But we all knew this was happening. So now here we are, the Thursday before the season opener. When you are trying to compete for the NFC South, sure, it's a little bit of gravy because you are looking towards the future more so to compete. That's why you trade up and go get your first overall pick at quarterback. But you still want to compete because the division could be had. And if you lose what might be your second most valuable player on the roster, I would argue yes. If you play a game without him, when all of this was foreseeable, that's the issue that I take. Yeah. Especially if David Newton's report is true. Man, look, I get the 28. This is the logical part of me. Because I don't think Brian Burns is the second best edge rusher in the game. I also understand that's not necessarily how contracts work. 
You can pay him $28 million. Pay him that, at least. If David Newton's report was true, that Burns and his camp were seeking somewhere around $28 mil, go ahead and agree to that. The fact that Nick Bosa put ink to paper doesn't change a lot in my mind because we knew this was going to happen. So the contract signing, it was all a formality. It's like, oh, whoa, oh, hey, that's a lot of money. Yeah, and guess what? We knew it was going to be a record-setting deal. We knew that. Yeah. If you didn't think that, then I don't know what world you're living in. Carolina needs to come on up. We'll see what that price is. We'll see if Burns now has changed it because of the formality that did happen. But if the Panthers were really trying to hold steady at $23 million, like to me, I just never thought Burns would ever agree to anything like that. So now, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to the point where you can point the finger at Carolina and say, this, this is a problem on your part for not being able to predict what's going to happen and make something shake before the season starts. No question. And the fans, you guys have got to stop trying to make direct comparisons. How many players in sports do we see that aren't as good as maybe a guy that's getting paid less than them or vice versa and they get a huge contract? Who would have thought that uh, – my man Daniel Jones would have gotten $42 million per year. And a lot of people definitely feel like he's not worth that. If somebody would have told you that's the deal he was going to get beforehand, all of you would scoff. This is how sports works. Y'all know this. Quit trying to make comparisons and, oh, well, he's not as good as Bosa. Okay, yeah, we know that. But the market is not saying that. The market says a young pass rusher has the leverage to be able to do this. And as I said, it's going to be fascinating how this was handled, in my opinion, I don't understand how a lot of these situations can get as contentious as need be. Like you said, Walker, they knew this was coming, but they also knew that they were going to have to play, pay Brian Burns at the top of the market, and they just happened to have this happen in the wrong year when the actual physical top of the market, Nick Bosa, comes up. And so you look at a team last year tied for 25th in sacks. What do you think they would be if you take those 12 and a half out of Brian Burns and take those away? They'd be last in the league. You take this guy away, what'd you see in the preseason that makes you think they'll be fine without him? Did you see YGM getting to the quarterback on a regular basis? No. You saw Barno get to the quarterback once. It's Barno time, baby. You know what I'm saying? You saw Barno <laughs> get there once. Other than that, what did you see? You banking on Justin Houston flashing back and, and, and reverting back to his old days and getting 15 sacks or something like that this season? No. So at the end of the day, he is the pass rush for the Carolina Panthers. You have to pay him what he wants. If he decides to sit out, you're going to really see that value when Ritter's back there just hanging out, you know, talking to us and stuff before he throws a pass. If he, if he goes to $30 million, then I do wonder if Carolina could have brought it down a little bit by just meeting him halfway or a little bit closer to his target range, or if this was inevitable that we were going to have to see Nick Bosa sign this contract first before Brian Burns ended up doing. That's a real possibility, by I the way. I think so. That's a real possibility. I do wonder if Carolina could have just said, look, Nick Bosa is going to get paid at some point. I know you want to see what he gets paid. I get that. But right now, we're willing to give you $28 million. That will leave you 
as it stands, the highest paid edge rusher until Nick Bosa gets his deal. So that means you're going to be the second highest paid edge rusher going into the next five years. And you're young enough to where you can actually get another contract. Look opposite the defensive line with Justin Houston, who's made some nice money after big contracts that he signed, especially with your age. So let's just end this right now. Agree to the 28 mil and do the used car salesman thing where he doesn't leave without a contract. I wonder if that could have been had. I'm not saying it absolutely would have been something that Burns agrees to, but if if we're hearing some things that I don't know how true they are, but if we are hearing some rumors about they wanted to hover around 25 mil, okay, like then then you might have by lowballing that much or by bringing it under what that target price was going to be at 28. I wonder if you actually hurt yourselves by now getting this close to the season where a deadline creates a sense of urgency. I wonder if you actually raise the price because you came in at 23 to 25. And the thing is, is it's like a scale almost. It depends on what the number was for Bosa. Had he gotten, if he would have said, I want a dollar more than Aaron Donald that put him uh, over 31, or if he would have said, I want 32, then I think maybe you can have a Brian Burns at a 28, 29 in that number. But once that 34 came out, then you knew at this point, all right, Four million less to me shows the difference in the two players, but you still got to put that three on there. That's that's what I'm saying. Like 34 and 30, that's telling me that, okay, Nick Bosa is significantly better than Brian Burns because it's 34 to 30. But if he gets 32, you could get Burns 29, 28, in my opinion. So that's all I'm saying to the people out there. that's trying to say, well, he isn't worth that. But I just think once I saw that Bosa annual average at 34 – I say, oh, yeah, 30 is definitely uh, in, in the cards for him because it's enough of a gap. It's in the cards. It, it, yeah, it's, it's absolutely enough of, in the it's cards. It's enough of a gap to show that Nick Bosa is that much better by him getting paid four, three and a half to $4 million more than what you're getting paid. Yeah, our small disagreement is that is the inevitability of it, but it's 100% in the cards. Yeah. Like, you got to come to terms with that as a Panthers fan. There's a couple things I want to address, too, that people are either texting or tweeting at us. One is, I've seen a couple of texts saying to franchise him. I know, Fiddy, you had a back and forth of the texter yesterday. The deadline's gone. You can't franchise tag him this year. So you can't do that this season. If your argument is don't pay him at all and then try to do it next year, well, you're going to have a real ugly situation. If you don't want to hear more Burns conversation, you just want to hear about football, then you do not want him to hold out more and then eventually Carolina try to put the franchise tag tag on him the next season. You don't want that. The other is something that Hurricane Mark wrote in. I saw you know Mac write this on Twitter, I believe. Does Justin Hubert deserve or Herbert deserve to be the highest paid QB? Probably not. But that's what the market dictates. So I agree with that. I understand that sentiment. I think with Justin Herbert, you could see that guy. It, it's within the realm of possibility that he could be the best QB, you know, outside of Pat Mahomes year after year. Right. Like I, I could see Justin Herbert. There's a world that exists very easily, in my opinion. Maybe you have different opinions on Justin Herbert. That's fine. I think the dude is all of that. I think Pat Mahomes is in a tier by himself. And then I think Herbert with a better offensive line with good enough coaching that doesn't, you know, go for it on every single fourth down as much as I love the aggression. I think there's a world where Herbert could be the second best QB. I think with Burns, Wes, I love him. I love him. But I don't think Brian Burns is Nick Bosa. I don't think he's Miles Garrett. I don't think he's Micah Parsons. 
I do think there's probably a handful of players and literal handful, like five, that might be better than Burns. And it's tougher for me to see Burns be at that kind of level. So that's why I don't know if he would get 30 million. You understand what I'm saying? I feel like there is a little bit more of a gap there. But I but it's certainly in the cards because Carolina doesn't have a whole lot of leverage at this point. Yeah, and Joe Burrow's going to more than likely break Justin Herbert's. Right. No, not more than likely. He's going to break Justin Herbert's deal. Uh, they're saying that they should have something done by Friday. So his deal is going to be the next record-setting deal. And the next quarterback is going to have the next record-setting deal. It's just going to keep happening over and over. When you have guys at the top of the market, mm-hmm. it's going to be like that, man. The next guy is going to get paid more than the last guy. And that's normally how it works. All right. So, Fiddy, let's go to a Frank Reich soundbite. I did want to get this in there before the campus corner. Frank Reich talked about the burn situation and being prepared for Sunday despite all of this surrounding them listen i mean we all know how this works right i mean i've been in this business for 30 some years a player and a coach and and understand that um you know there's a player perspective that we all have to respect and understand that player has to do what he has to do to get what he needs to try to get um we also and that's important and i understand that we are we love and respect brian for that i also understand that there's a business side over here and, you know, the business side says that the player's under contract, he's expected to play. I'm just the head coach. I'm just trying to get ready for Atlanta, right? So we're all eyes are focused on Atlanta. What we talk about, it, you know, we addressed it as a team, you know. So, we, you know, hey, this is what it is. We trust that the process will work itself out. We're focused on getting ready for the Atlanta Falcons. That's really the business side that has its position. The player has its position. We focus on Atlanta. Here's the question I have for you, and it's very similar to the one I led the show with about Kansas City and Detroit. Does the fact that this burn situation has not been solved take away from the actual game on Sunday and the excitement that had been building from this offseason, all the coaching staff hires, the drafting of Bryce Young? How much of it does Burns not agreeing to a deal yet take away? Uh. I think it takes away a a little bit, but it adds intrigue. I mean, I'm a guy in sports. I like chaos. I love sports drama. Just absolutely (laughs) love it. So I can't wait to see if he doesn't play, how does it look? What's the outcome of it all? And then what's the aftermath? So I think that's the interesting part. But as far as just on the surface watching the game, especially if you are a fan of the Carolina Panthers, you're definitely not going to enjoy having to go out and play week one uh, against an Atlanta team without your top pass rusher, especially a team with the caliber of weapons that Atlanta has. You want to be able to apply that pressure, and your number one guy to do that is not going to be out there. Uh, let's play the other Frank Reich soundbite where he discussed how Burns has done everything and how he's not a distraction to the team. To Brian's credit, he hasn't made himself a distraction, and I give him, a, and I do, I respect him a lot for the way he's handled that. He has not made himself; he's done everything he can to not make himself a distraction to this team, and that's just evidence to the kind of leader he is. So Frank Reich is saying all the right stuff. I like the way Frank Reich has handled this. I'm not saying it's necessarily hard, but I don't think Frank Reich has done anything at the podium. You know, not to bring him up again, but can you imagine Matt Rule in this situation? Like, what kind of sound bites will we get from that head coach? <laughs> I really, I, I think 
we've seen him say some decent stuff about the players. We've also seen him throw guys under the bus. Yeah, quite a was bit. late with the drop. I thought we were going to get a 704. Let's <laughs> yeah. go. Oh, yeah, no. Here it is. Elite. Oh, no. 704, 980. Let's go. The problem with Rule was that Rule would somehow make it about himself because he's an egotistical chotch and he sucks ass at coaching football. That's okay. what he would do. Yeah. And whenever Burns <laughs> does get paid, he he will he will take credit for Burns getting that type of contract. That's right. I talked with Burns last night. I told him to sign, and he did. You know, I, I'm the one that taught. You know, I taught people how to play the read option defense in the NFL, and that's why at the end of the day, he got the contract he got because of my coaching in Carolina. I don't I don't mind it. I don't mind that one. That's pretty good. For me. You know, <laughs> you. Dennis Cox is the guy as the rule impersonator, but it's a lot better than your David Tepper. Like you can bring that one to the mic anytime you want. What you got against uh, Big okay. Daddy Tep? All right, there we go. Anyway, <laughs> you, you, you had to go there. I tried to end on a compliment, but you had to go there. Last thing for me, as far as how much it takes away from week one, I think that in conjunction with the preseason has. I mean, think about it. It was just all sky high. We were all floating on clouds. We were seeing rainbows. We were floating to week one. And then they get shut out in preseason game number one. <laughs> Bryce Young gets put on his back. The first throw of the game, your franchise supposed to be left tackling looking good. You go 0-3 in the preseason. We go up a little bit with some nice play from Bryce Young against Detroit. Adam mm-hmm. Thielen connection, that's working. 10 points, okay, great. And then, boom, we don't have a deal done with the second most important player on the roster. All of that, it, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a roller coaster by any means. But we were all flying as high as we possibly. We all had a glow. We were all so excited, and now we're back back down to earth a little bit. Back to life. Back to reality. Yep, that's what happened. You know what I'm song. saying? Yeah, man, it's been a hard hitting action ever since the goodwill of the preseason. And so, if you don't go to Atlanta and get a win. You know, I'm not going to say it's starting to get treacherous, but it's just definitely uh, needing of a reset as far as the New Orleans game that will come after that. You've got to be able to get something done. And I think the way you start some of that goodwill back is to get Brian Burns his, his cheddar, man. Get him his chips. You remember when Fresh Prince would dance to that song? Yes. He was great. I love every single one of those Fresh Prince dances. Oh, yeah. They're, they're fantastic. Classic stuff. All right. Maybe we can get Fitty to dance. <laughs> We can don't flash us. Don't lift up your shirt like you sometimes do when I tell you to give us a flash. But just go ahead and give us the radio. Yeah, flash. AJ said real quick though. He said Bryce was put on his stomach technically on his first throw. Okay, no, that's a that's a great text. Thank put him you. On his tummy. Uh, no, that's right. Like that's that's a good distinction. Thank you. So Bryce was on his tummy instead of his back. <laughs> go ahead, Fitty. Hit us with a flash. It's all right to be a little Fitty, a little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share. If Wes would have been playing offensive line after seeing Bryce Young on the on his stomach, he would have simply asked him, "Did you need some tums?" That's that's a great <laughs> drop out of you. Thank you uh, for that. It was so random. I was like, uh, "No, do I?" Oh, okay. I gotcha. <laughs> but I'm gonna talk to Walker in this flash um, because we got massive matchups tonight at the U.S. Open. Two Americans in action. Walker. Vying for the first All-American final, which hasn't happened on the women's side. And it hasn't been in my lifetime. You've been able to watch the U.S. Open. Maybe you know when's the last time we saw an All-U.S. No. Open final. Well, I mean, no, Andy Roddick would have been your best shot for a long time. 
and he has one major under his belt, and that's it, one U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. And so it hasn't happened in a lot of time in a long time. I'm super excited for Coco Golf, man. Very yeah, excited. that's gonna be pretty dope. <sighs> I do want to see that. Come on, Coco, let's get this done. Very into it. Hoping Coco gets this thing done. Would love to see Ben Shelton too. He's very exciting. But even either way, I I know we have a shot at an All American final. I, I, we might not even have one representative. Well, I'm talking uh, about we, the women's side because well, you yes. have golf, then you have Keys taking on Sabalenka. Well, and, and Alcaraz, I guess there's not an American he's going up yeah. against. It's going to be Djokovic. We I heard Bench. he was doing some wizard stuff again last night. Fiddy, it's absolutely ridiculous. It's nuts. Yeah. Sverev and Alcaraz, it was 3-3 in the first set. And then Alcaraz says, all right, I'm done. And then just destroys him the rest of the way. It's incredible. Tennis, U.S. Open. It's been a lot of fun. We'll put Wes on it here in a little bit. Plenty more to come. That Japanese arithmetic again. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Campus Corner coming up next. Uh, Do you guys agree with what Shador Sanders had to say about the difference between the FBS and the FCS? Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. To life, back to reality. Back to life, back to reality. couldn't get my dog fast enough. Walker was in here jamming just now. You guys missed. He definitely hit the the Fresh Prince. Was that a, a, a homage to Fresh Prince right an, there? It was an homage to Fresh Prince. It's when he's decorating his room and then he's getting out the stapler. Putting oh, up. yeah, I remember that. And then he, yeah. he, he would hit the stapler with the beat. Yep. Yeah, I, I remember a, that. I think it's a Malcolm X poster. He's yeah. putting up and he's dancing to this song, and he's dancing and putting the staples in there. Yes, that's exactly the dance that I hit for you. God, that song, did he hit it, Fiddy. Like, it's a booty mover, man. I can't, I can't stop Shay. I just got up out of my chair because it was such a booty, all time booty man, mover. That was, that was lit right there, man. So keep hitting us up on the text line seven zero four five seven zero ninety six ten. Coming off the tennis convo, AJ says, "Hey, Fitty, since Serena wasn't as good as the female tennis oh, players no. of previous generations, do you think any of these U.S. ladies could have <laughs> maybe competed with the greats?" Ooh, that's a. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't want to derail the conversation. I think the answer would be no, though. I mean, like they, they, they might compete. They might have competed, but it's taken golf how long to get to a first semifinal at the U.S. Open? Good uh, Lord, she's, what, she's nineteen. 19? She's you know, nineteen years you know, old. That's Ke- right. You know, Keys has been up and down. Sloan Stevens is off the face of the earth. Like, I think that's the thing is that the sport has struggled to have good homegrown American talent for some time. That's why we're all excited about tonight because you can have a chance to have an All-American final. In New York, that'd be a great scene on Saturday afternoon. All right, that's the tennis talk for uh, this segment. Now you let's get that to time. the campus. Count Shador Sanders coming off his fantastic performance against TCU, 510 yards, four passing touchdowns, over 80% completions. Was asked if he could notice differences between FBS play and FCS play. And this is what the young man had to say. I'll say the only difference between 
FCS in this level is the D-line get off bl blocks if you try to scramble up faster. That's it. Everything else, you got good players, you got good DBs, good receivers, everything like that. You just have more of those on the on the field at once. You got to think, everybody on the field ain't going first round. A lot of people on the field may not get drafted. So don't let people fear names. I don't fear names because I really don't care. But that's the biggest thing. When you fear names and, and you let, that's half the battle. You already losing. Dang, we playing TCU. I respect the university. I respect everything about them. But personally, I just never cared about names. You got to love that type of bravado right there. That's definitely Deion's son. But you know what? I think there's a lot of truth in that because we've seen a lot of guys come up from FCS to FBS and be dominant football players. And I think he's going to add to the list. And I think that he was telling the truth in a lot of ways. A lot of people don't realize, man, they think that the Alabamas and the Clemsons, they think that every single player on that roster, some four or five star that's been waiting for their chance and is just a monster and waiting. It's a lot of trash on a lot of these teams all over college football. And Shadour is right. Everybody on the field is not going to play in the NFL. We've seen a lot of great teams, teams considered to be the greatest of all time. I look at that a lot, too, especially uh, doing videos for the ACC Digital Network when we do these NFL draft tapes for guys and we're putting together a video for guys that we know will be high round picks or guys in college that are just really dominant and you think they're going to have these great NFL careers and they go to the NFL and, and you don't hear from them anymore. Like one guy that comes to mind for me just off the top of my head, I remember Mackenzie Alexander from Clemson, the cornerback. He was so dominant in college. And you were like, man, this guy's going to be a really good pro. You saw I think him. I saw him on his second or third team or something like that this offseason. Like, he's been okay, but not nearly the talent. Like, you see it all the time. So, I would agree with Shadour that uh, you can't get caught up in names. Poor McKenzie, by the way. Just he had <laughs> Well, you know, he, so his name just came to my mind. Uh, he's one of many, but uh, Shadour, I think, is telling a very good good uh, tale there, and I think for him being the leader of a football team and a quarterback, you need that type of confidence from your signal caller. Uh, so, a couple things for me. Here for everything about this comment, here for him being as confident as any QB out there and coming in and wrecking shop game one. He did not have to have this transition to get settled in. No, I'm going to throw for 500 yards off the rip. And I do like that he was a little detailed in the defensive lineman not allowing you to just freelance it back there as much as maybe in the FCS level. We also have to remember, it's not like TCU's defense was amazing last year, and it doesn't look like TCU's defense is going to be great this year. No, not everybody's a first-round pick. That's true. But I do think they're going to face better defenses. I think. I think they're going to face better defenses as they move on. The thing is, I expect Shador to continue to put up big-time numbers. I do not think that Shador is fake at all. I think what you saw is the real deal. I just think he might have a little bit of a different impression after we have a full season's work at this type of level. But, yeah, Shador is, is here for all of the smoke, and he welcomed it in that 500-yard performance. I just wonder, like, if that's the case, why do, not, why do we not see more FCS upsets of, of FBS teams? If well, really you had started to see it. Though that over the last probably decade, twelve years, you've seen more than you've probably ever seen. I mean, just in but the it's ACC still alone, outliers, we've right? seen Liberty come in and beat Virginia Tech at Lane Stadium. Uh, we've seen Old Dominion beat Virginia Tech. Those I hate to keep banging on Virginia though. Tech. FBS. Yeah, yeah, those programs. are FBS programs. No, no, no. I mean, I, I felt like. Yeah, it's it's pretty damn. But outliers. I know it's happened. Though. I mean, I mean, of course, you know, we all know App State, Michigan. Uh, we all know North Dakota State went to Iowa one one year when they were a national championship program uh, up there. 
Like, right. I mean, I, I, I see, I, I hear what he's saying. Yeah. But if the level of play is so even, how come these FC, uh, these, these, these FCS programs well, aren't, aren't beating low tier FBS programs more often than not? I don't think he was saying like that it's that it's easy or anything like that. I, I don't think that's not the messaging, especially when you're talking about guys that are great players. But I think he was saying for him as a quarterback that that was the differences that he sees. And as far as if you're a really good player, you can come up and play on that level. He's not talking about teams being able to come up and constantly dominate. And all I'm saying is that uh, it's happened. Like you said, North Dakota State beat number 13 Iowa in 2016. Montana beat number 20 Washington in 2021. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens. You know what I'm saying? And so but I yeah, think it's still like, but we, we can't act like that's even close to any semblance of a trend, right? Like yeah, that's he's just saying, monster yeah, and, and I just got from him that if you're a really, really good player, that you can move up in class and still be able to compete. So yeah. uh, I, I think that's what he was saying. And he was just saying, you can't get caught up. One of the keys to being a really good player on any level is not to get caught up in getting beat off the bus, as they like to say. No, like, the names we, thing is cool. Like yeah. When he's talking about, I don't fear names. It, it did set, you know, Copeland, a.k.a. Oakland, wrote in, like, no, it wasn't bravado. It was well-grounded confidence. It, it did come across as that. Like, no, I, I don't fear names. And by the way, I wouldn't either if my dad was Dion. <laughs> right. <laughs> Prime time. How how in the world are you going to see anything other than oh this this fame? Working with somebody that has a lot of confidence. Yeah, I I know what that's about. I don't know who you are on the other side, but I'm the son of Dion, and I'm my own self too. I'm Shador at a different position. Yeah, like of course he's not going to be afraid of names, and I do like the way he even stated it. No doubt about it. You can watch Colorado yet again noon Saturday, taking on Nebraska. The rivalry is renewed now. Dion said they are taking it personal. The Buffalo said they are taking it personal. So I'm sure everybody will be locked in on that amongst all the other great games on Saturday. But when we come back on the Weston Walker Show, we talk about the biggest X factors for each NFC South team. That and more on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.